Welcome to the Directions Mag Geo Inspirations podcast series with Joseph Kursky. Well, greetings, everyone. Joseph Kursky here with another installment of the Geo Inspirations podcast. I'm so excited about today's podcast, and I know you will too, because I have here with me Sona Gulieva. Sona, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you so much, Dr. Kersky. Thank you so much for the invitation. I appreciate you. We are very happy to have you. For the benefit of the listeners, if you could describe what's your current position and then a bit about how you journeyed into that position. Currently, I work as GIS trainer at Space Agency of the Republic of Azerbaijan, Azer Cosmos. And at the same time, I am a lecturer at National Aviation Academy, uh, where I am doing my doctorate in remote sensing. I have uh, voluntary works uh, with uh, SPRS Student Consortium and uh, with environmental company in Azerbaijan as Green. And You've got how- multiple roles there, and that's fascinating. I think a lot of times I, I hear from students, hey, can I work while I'm getting my master's or PhD? How does that work for you? How do you, how do you juggle working at the space agency and you're a full-time university student? Because they have general point and uh, they're similar, this work. I love my work and I cannot uh, feel this difficulty. I just exciting from this work because when you love study and educate and teach and study new things, meet new people from all the world, it's so different feeling, amazing. You know, you're touching on something that we were going to pick apart later on, but I'm glad you're jumping right into that. And that is being passionate about what you do and loving what you do. I realize there are a lot of listeners that may be stuck in their or feel like they're stuck in their position, but we want to encourage the listener to think about what would bring you joy in helping others, meeting people all over the world. And so that's one of the purposes of this whole Geo Inspirations podcast is to get people thinking, what could I do in my career? Well, how could I adjust my current pathway to pursue perhaps some of what Sona is saying today? So I, I'm right with you. Pursue something that you really enjoy, and then it won't really seem like work. Sure, you'll have challenging days and challenging times, but pursue something that brings you joy. So honestly, sometimes it's difficult. There is a difficult part uh, when you can, should uh, do tasks from different main works and do uh, another works for voluntary works. But uh, you need to try, you need to time manage these uh, works, these tasks. I like from my work, it's uh, I can uh, learn new things and I can meet new people and I can uh, meet my students' success. It's a very great honor for me. I, it makes me happy. That's very well said and pre- appreciate you sharing that. Speaking of international connections, we met through a international scholarly society about maybe a year and a half ago on a conference call on Zoom. Could you describe that organization through which we met and what your role is in that organization? Uh, The pandemic situation makes another experience for me because uh, when you sit at home, it was possible uh, to this time period where we live uh, to participate in different conferences and meet 
people from all the world, from all parts of the world. I met you in one of these meetings, event uh, where we organized with the Icebury Student Consortium, our friends and colleagues from this uh, uh, society, and uh, it was virtual rooms meetings. It was amazing that possible to make a network uh, during this situation too, as I experienced is confirmed that. But uh, in reality, it's different, and uh, in in this online, in this virtual uh, life, it also have uh, in some advantage too. You can sit in your place and meet different people from all the world and uh, make great network and uh, have a uh, like-minded uh, friends and colleagues. Good points. The situation that everyone in the world has been in since early 2020 has, has been a severe challenge. On the bright side, though, as you're pointing out, we have maybe networked as never before. I and mean, we realize that we need each other and this community needs to form alliances and partnerships and colleagues where we can advance GIS, remote sensing, et cetera, in, in new and innovative ways. And so, you know, as another example, the ESRI user conference went from about 20,000 people face-to-face -face when we were all gathered in San Diego, California, USA. In the last two years, it's been 60,000, 80,000 people. So it's been three or four times larger because it's been virtual. We still miss the, you know, the hallway conversations and that sort of thing, but it has allowed, and other conferences and associations as well, has allowed a lot more people with a wider diversity of backgrounds to gather and start networking and saying, hey, let's partner on this article together or this project. So I agree with you. It has, it's been a very interesting time. And I think it's, as never before, we really realize that we need each other in the community to move all of these agendas forward. That's where very well said. So that was the International Society for Photogrammetry and Remote Sensing. Yes, explain that student that student chapter, that student component. Yes, I agree that it was it is very difficult still the situation for all world, but uh, if not this uh, online distance uh, organization of such events, I I think that maybe I will never meet so many people in GIS and remote sensing. For me, uh, it was a very good experience. About Aspirist, I, I would like to give uh, short information about Aspirist mm -hmm. uh, Student Consortium, uh, where uh, teams of young professionals in uh, remote sensing, photogrammetry, and geoinformation system from different countries. Main uh, purpose uh, to gain uh, this field, to promote uh, geoinformation science in the world to help uh, another people, to young professional, to participate in such events uh, and learn and gain the knowledge in this field. When I have started, uh, it was in 2019 year from May. It was not a pandemic situation from May, but I never meet uh, them in real life. I <laughs> had opportunity to see them. I, mm -hmm. I seen only uh, one members, uh, one our colleagues, uh, when I was in uh, Turkey uh, in symposium. Uh, but uh, for example, <laughs> I never seen Cheryl or Charm in real life. It was 
for me, distance uh, work uh, was from starting uh, 2019 year when I have started my uh, volunteer work with ISPIRA Student Consortium. Yeah, it's, cannot... it is a different environment, and perhaps yes. in in the resources that you share with the with the listeners, one of the links can be how they can get involved in the student component of the association. That would be great. The young professionals. I would also like to remind the listeners that there's there's other young professional associations in geotechnology. One of which I'm rather fond of, the Esri Young Professionals Network. They are a dynamic group of people from all over the world. As Sona is saying, in the past, when we've gathered in San Diego, they were a very vibrant, you know, face-to-face component, but they still are extremely active in our virtual world of today. So that's the ESRI Young Professionals Network. How about this, Sona? Let me ask you the following. We touched on it a bit ago. Could you describe what your duties are at the Cosmos Space Agency? Currently, I am a GIS trainer, but uh, I am also participating in different uh, projects regarding to using uh, geospatial data in GIS, for example, for environmental protection, for uh, agriculture and and other uh, projects. But mostly I like uh, new knowledge when I have participated in such projects, it helped me to make some more practical knowledge. And it is easiest uh, to uh, teach uh, these things when you have already uh, practical knowledge and it helps me. And as a GIS trainer um, in this pandemic situation, uh, we also make uh, distance learning um, we ha- had internship program with a different university from in Azerbaijan, and at last um, in this month uh, we conclude a internship program with ITC student from University Twente. He is also our mentee in Icepira Student Consortium. It helped us uh, make a network with him, and he asked me about a possibility of internship online in our department. Uh, one of these uh, work, uh, what I do here, it's manage this internship program to change uh, knowledge, with provide this knowledge, what I gain uh, here to another one. And also at the same time uh, to get new knowledge, meet new people, new students who love uh, and who like uh, to learn new things. It, it inspires me. You know, what's inspiring is that here you are a young professional and you're already giving back to the young professional community. You're already mentoring others yes. with this with this program. It's That's very impressive. Tell us a little bit about what the organization Azure okay. Cosmos, is that how I pronounce it? Azure Cosmos. Azure yes. Cosmos. Tell <laughs> us a bit about what the organization does, how many employees are there, what the mission is. We're space agency, a satellite operator in South Caucasus. We have already in Azerbaijan three satellites. And Azer Cosmos operates this uh, satellite. Two of them is, are telecommunication satellite, and one of them is Earth observation satellite, Azer Sky. We have employed more than 100 persons, and in our department, there is more than 10 persons. And we are not so big team, but uh, we're trying to do big 
Thanks. Yeah, well, it's, Im it's impressive uh, that you've already landed a post in a very prestigious organization while you're still a student. So I think that is impressive right there. Also, uh, if you could tell the listeners what exactly is your PhD doctorate title for your dissertation? What's your main focus there? When it's asking PhD about his work, it makes uh, them more maybe sometimes stressful, but uh, because uh, you're right in the thick of it. Yes, I real I've been there and I understand fully where you're where you're coming from there. It's difficult to find time for your own work. It's for teachers. It's maybe uh, you take attention more to students' work, but at the end, to your own work. I understand when I have uh, started my teaching career, my education is as a PhD. Uh, I continue my education in National Aviation Academy, uh, where I have graduated from my master's degree. It was my master's degree from beginning. Uh, I have started uh, my education in environmental engineering in Azerbaijan State Oil and Industry University with a specification in oil sector. And after I, uh, mm -hmm. I continue my education in master degree in National Aviation Academy with specialization in airspace study, airspace monitoring of environment. When I have started in National Aviation Academy, I understood that its place, its uh, field, what I would like to, I would like to continue all my life with uh, GIS, because I remember that uh, when I have, I, I started, I opened a GIS program, and I I seen uh, this uh, dif different vector and <laughs> satellite image, how to do vectorization, how to create maps. I couldn't uh, stop, <laughs> and still mm -hmm. I cannot stop. Currently, I decided that I should uh, continue my education uh, in PhD, and my PhD is uh, in airspace, remote airspace study. It's name of specialization here, so such as remote sensing and GIS, foreign specialization, mm -hmm. similarity. And uh, my um, main purpose in my PhD is uh, application of remote sensing data in agriculture and environmental protection. Firstly, I uh, selected uh, topics for using remote sensing data for agriculture, for crop yield detection, forecasting. But when I continue my practical works in this field, I understood that I should continue from where I have started from in environmental study, application environmental study, uh, especially for uh, environmental problem using uh, GIS and remote sensing for solving environmental issue. I think you're sharing something that I have noticed globally, you know, talking with people in geotechnologies, remote sensing, etc. And that is when you said, you know, you just can't stop. You love this technology and you love what it can do for people and the planet you very seldom meet anyone in geotechnologies that says, oh, that was interesting for a while, but I've moved on. It, it's now boring to me or it doesn't appeal to me anymore. People, once they start using this and seeing the possibilities and of course, GIS is advancing and remote sensing is advancing along with them and along with their own learning. 
they can't stop. They cannot stop, just like you very well articulated. They, they get really passionate about the possibilities and the, the technology and the decisions, the smarter decisions that you can make with the technology and combining, like you said, the, the different layers of information. It's just fascinating. And so I think you're, you're right on. And I'm, I'm totally agree, in agreement with you that I've been using GIS for most of my career. And I'm just as excited about it now as when I was an undergraduate. What about this, Sona? How many languages do you speak? My, my native language is Azerbaijani and Lesgi. Maybe no many people know Lesgi language. It is a language, um, old language from people from Dagestan. It's located in Russia territory, but it's also the whole Caucasus region. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I know two of my native language, my father and my mother language. And uh, my education was in Russian language, as you know, where uh, was in a country in history. If you look to history of Azerbaijan, we had Russian language as also as a, one of the native language. Because and my education was in Russian. And as a foreign language in school year, I learned French language. And after, in, when I have started my education in university, when I have started to uh, learn uh, ex- exactly uh, when I have started remote sensing and GIS, I understood that I should uh, uh, learn and uh, read books in English. I have met uh, many foreign people. I have started uh, to find people for exchange uh, language skill. And I found uh, people from Australia and I still uh, speak, uh, talk with them. Uh, it is uh, old uh, people in, uh, he, he lives uh, with his wife in a forest in Australia and he uh, learn Russian language. I helped him mm, uh, mm-hmm. sometime learning in Russian language, and he helped me <laughs> learning in English language. Five languages. That's impressive. Very impressive. And I'm wondering, has your background, your multilingual background, influenced, you know, your desire to learn about the world through remote sensing and GIS. I mean, has there been any influence since you have these international experiences and speak multiple languages? Has that influenced you in your sort of global outlook in any way? It's very good. Understood. Sometimes when I see people from different regions, from, for example, we understand also Turkish language. It's similar. It's like an Azerbaijan language. As I know, you also know some words from Turkish and Azerbaijan. I've been to I've been to Istanbul for a GIS conference. That was one of the best conferences I've ever attended because it was international, and of course, Turkey is the crossroads of the world in many ways, right? You think about the the people that have migrated through there, the empires that have come from there over the centuries. It's just it's just fascinating as a as a geographer to be in a place like that. I've not ever been to Azerbaijan. Someday, I would love to. I- uh, but it's, I think it's just fascinating how you, you, at an early age, sort of had this international experience through language, through travel, et cetera. What is your career goal? Do you want to stay in the space agency that you're working in now? Do you want to be a researcher in a university? I mean, what, what are the, some of the things you're thinking about you know, as, as you get toward finishing your uh, doctorate? I have very, very big dreams. Big dreams are good. Big dreams are good. (laughs) I I have really big dreams that 
One thing that I understand uh, every year, you don't, you shouldn't stop. You just need to go step by step. And uh, not uh, of these uh, dreams, I have, I would like uh, to grow step by step. What I can say for this time, I like this current position. I enjoy this position, but I have plans. I have uh, many plans, maybe they will realize <laughs> in near future, maybe. Well, thanks for sharing a bit with us I, about that. I think it's important for people to, to to realize that you know, as a young professional, you you're in a good position already, but you're you keep dreaming about the future and and making those goals is important. When are you going to be finished with your doctorate? That I would like finish my doctorate as soon as possible. Next year will be officially last year of my PhD, and I hope that. I will be, it will be possible to finish. And one of my, of my big dreams is uh, to be a professor, maybe academician. Mm-hmm. So academia is one of the things you're thinking about. Okay. Yes. Well, if it's any consolation and any encouragement, I was working full-time when I was working on my doctorate as well. So it can be done. It's, as, you, as you touched on earlier, it's a challenge when you're working full-time and seeking to finish your research. It is a challenge, but it can be done. And I, I wish you all the best Thank you so much. in achieving that goal. It will happen. Yep. Keep your eye on the, on the goal. As a fairly new geospatial professional yourself, what's your advice to a new professional? You touched on this a bit in our conversation, remote sensing GIS. What's your advice to people saying, hey, can I get into this field as well? What I say always to my students that of course you can. Just think that you can do that. And don't be afraid to do these things, to learn. Take uh, this time. Just uh, don't stop. You should uh, secret it. The, the art of small steps. Think that uh, you need to start from first step and uh, it will uh, enrich uh, your dream in reality. It's possible, I think, that if you mm-hmm. believe in Yeah, I like what you're saying. I very much do. You know, speaking of learning and being a lifelong learner and keeping, you know, your horizons open, do you have a few key resources that you would advise people to pursue? I mean, you touched on the, you know, getting involved in the professional society, but do you have uh, a few books, websites, resources, videos? What, what do you use to keep moving forward in geospatial technology? What are, what are your favorite few resources? For resources, and uh, of course, firstly, I also will advise Iceberg Student Consortium website, because for young professionals, you can uh, find here uh, different uh, opportunity for participating in events, geospatial event, and through an essay uh, community. Uh, the community education portal. If uh, we will speak about the, the real, a lot of, uh, so many websites, so many useful links and books. Every time when you Googled and <laughs> you find, maybe sometime it is the same books, but you already downloaded them. 
uh, seen uh, this website, this uh, paper, the main uh, of them which I like. Uh, this is also Gistech, uh, Gistech uh, uh, Change.com and also from the different uh, posts from the NASA. Uh, so I liked maps of night lights mm. on the mm -hmm. roads. Yeah, there I like that one as well. Arctic, yes, and uh, I, I'm not sure if uh, difference uh, between using uh, on which processing uh, geospatial data for that. I have seen in ArcGIS uh, maps, such as map. Yep, there's, uh, there's a layer in the living atlas of the world that is the nighttime lights layer. Yes, and, and black marble of, from NASA. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Perhaps in the paragraphs that accompany this podcast, you can share some of those specific URLs that are your favorites. Was there a professor, a book, an experience that you had as a young person that sort of nudged you into and encouraged you in this journey that you've been on? There are so many people which inspired me. Each person with whom I worked felt me that I do what I should do in my life. Also, from I, I can name some many of them, but uh, mostly inspired inspired me. Person is uh, Professor Gottfried Konechny. He is a person who was with NASA during mapping about a lunar uh, landing site for the Apollo program. I have seen him uh, during the virtual room events online. It's amazing. <laughs> what a good time where we live. I have met where I live in my little discreet person who participated in moon mapping one year, long year ago. His energy, his love for life and science have been transported even through the internet. Mm -hmm. And also today is my birthday. And awesome. <laughs> Congratulations. Should... Thank you so much. Nice of you to spend some time with us on your birthday. It's a very good time that you selected for our... You could have said, hey, Joseph, I'm I'm busy celebrating today. Thank you very much. But, oh, this is great. Well, happy birthday. Thank you so much. It's a good chance for me to say that my internal gratitude to my parents. It is... Ah, they, mm -hmm. they are more... Uh, they are more inspired people for me. They always support and inspire, inspire me. They give me this opportunity to live, to enjoy every day. No, oh, I love that. We do owe a lot to even family members, mentors in our pathway, most definitely. Speaking of space, I wrote about the Mars 3D viewer not too long ago. That is just, to me, that is just a fascinating tool to learn about science, astronomy, GIS, remote sensing, because you've got this 3D immersive experience and you can measure things. Like you could put Azerbaijan on top of Olympus Mons, or you could put Russia on top of the Valleys Marineris and compare sizes. And, you know, Mars isn't a very big planet, right? But it's got some huge volcanoes, canyons, plains, craters. It's just amazing. It's an amazing well, tool to introduce people. For the listener, if you want to get people excited about GIS and remote sensing, that Mars 3D viewer, which is based on 
the ArcGIS API. And so we, ESRI, worked on it with with um, U.S. Geological Survey. But it's just a fascinating, you know, it's fun. So you can even share it with family members. You know, it's that engaging. It's like they don't have to be GIS people. It's just running on the web. You've got a 3D immersive experience. And it shows also that GIS and remote sensing are not just on the Earth, right? They're, they're for Ganymede. They're for Mars. They're for, as you touched on, the moon. And so there's no there's no limit to GIS, right? It expands to the limit of, of what we know in the in the universe. It's that's fascinating. Okay, here's here's a question as we sort of close out our time together. And again, I'm very grateful for the time that you spent with us, especially on your birthday. What do you think the community, remote sensing, mapping, cartography community, science community, what do you think is most important for our world to be working on in our 21st century world. One so what I would like uh, say it is uh, about JS firstly. For me as a teacher as a uh, person who uh, continue his career in education it's uh, big things what I need to do always uh, before my uh, lecture that uh, to make presentation to make um, more easy that uh, when I uh, try to uh, do that very difficult things uh, to make them more simple, uh, to change uh, with them uh, with people. And uh, even if he is not in a geospatial science, even if he does not understand what is a GIS, make it more easy way. Community GIS, geospatial community, we need to work together to make uh, more uh, easiest maybe platform more friendly platform i'm not sure maybe there is already such a platform but it's difficult to explain what i think what i realize uh, what i imagine <laughs> about that yeah i understand where you're where you're going a bit with this it's the world is a complex place, right? With complex yeah. problems. And we're never going to get to the point where it's easy to solve 21st century issues of climate and population change and deforestation and all the other ocean acidification, all the other issues and problems that the world is dealing with. On the other hand, if we want to get additional people in different fields involved with making wiser earth decisions, yeah. we do need to have some software that's approachable by those communities. There are advances, especially with WebGIS. You know, I'm thinking ArcGIS Online, you know, fairly approachable, nothing to install. You know, you can introduce it to someone. They can say, oh, okay, I know how to add layers and I can change the symbology and I can change the classification method and I can bring in imagery and look at different spectral bands. We have another tool called Business Analyst Web, which again is a web-based, you know, software as a service tool that I and others use with business students. You know, they can make maps of the competition. They can make consumer preference maps, demographic choropleth maps, infographics, story maps, things like that. So it's, again, it's very approachable. It's not all of GIS, but it's the, it's the GIS that they care about specifically to make smarter business decisions. So there are emerging tools that, that are encouraging to, to me and probably to you as well that, that are at least somewhat easier than some large GIS or remote sensing package that just a few people understand, a smaller number of people understand because they really need to go into deep, deep, deep detail and, and deep investigation. So it's, it's kind of encouraging to see those web-based geospatial 
software sets to try to get at what you're talking about, getting other people that may not be experts into making smarter decisions with geospatial technology. Yeah, I'm right with you. Very well said. The information technology is progressing every day and we have always something to learn. That's uh, one of the advantages, maybe. True. Keep learning, keep keep dreaming, keep moving forward and encouraging, which I think you are a great example of, other people and mentor other people to get into this field and, and encourage them. Tell them that they can do it. Absolutely. Gosh, this has been wonderful, Sona. I appreciate it. Tell the, to listen, the listener, if you don't mind, where your office is, where you're conducting this interview from today. Uh, in Baku, Baku city, capital of Azerbaijan Republic, and my hometown. The listeners of this podcast are all very, you know, geographical in, in nature. And I, I always like to ask people, you know, exactly where you are so that people can visualize, okay, I know where Azerbaijan and, and Baku, I know where that is. I know where the Caspian Sea is. It's very interesting because it's not actually a sea, right? It's an inland lake is really what it is, but it's, it's one of those geographical... Yeah wonders on our planet that it's it's not very deep right you it's 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 fairly shallow environmental problem regarding with Caspian Mm -hmm. Sea it's uh due to the climate change uh rising uh water level Mm -hmm. and short uh, water shortage and uh, that's why uh there is also problem which uh, we can also learn with using GIS again and also, there is also one of the projects where I have participated uh, during uh, in office. It was, uh, as, as you know, there is also a river, Kura River. In the delta of Kura River, we, uh, from new, we learned that uh, there is intrusion of sea uh, water with uh, this uh, river. And uh, that's a big problem for pupils. And geospatial science may help us. Absolutely. It's another example of there's a local regional problem that actually a lot of people around the world experience. And as you know, the UN, one of the UN sustainable development goals is water quality and water quantity. And that's something that uh, my region is encountering too. Wildfires, droughts. How are we going to sustain population growth when we don't have enough water? And just by the way, just to the west of me is the Great Salt Lake. It uh, is somewhat, it's a lot smaller than the Caspian Sea, but it's got some similar, you know, issues as well. So, you know, it, that's what, that's what joins us all together. We have similar problems and issues that we are dealing with around the world. And as you well articulated, geospatial technologies can help us to solve those problems and also bind us together as a community. Sona, it is so wonderful to have you as part of our geospatial community and as a part of this GeoInspirations podcast library. And I would just encourage the the listener to look at the other Inspirations podcasts, as well as Sona Gulieva. We very much appreciate having you on here today, especially because it was your birthday. Everything is possible in this lab. And I I would like not again, thank you so much for your invitation. It was Great present for my birthday. (laughs) Well, we very much appreciate your work and all that you shared today. Thank you. Thank you so much.
Teach me how to say thank you in Azerbaijani. Çok sağ olun. Çok. 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 Sağ olun. Sağ olun. Or you can say as in Turkish. Teşekkürler. Teşekkür ederim. Teşekkürler ederim in Turkish, right? Yeah. It is the same in Azerbaijan. Çok sağ olun. It means be always health. Be health. Mm. Mm-hmm. Çok. It can be translated. Çok yes. sağ olun. You can say teşekkür ederim. It's the same teşekkür ederim in Turkish. Fascinating. All right. Well, thanks for sharing that as well. It's uh, it's one more bit of geographical knowledge that uh, is much appreciated. Yeah, I look forward to further collaboration with you, Sona. Yes. Thanks again. Thank you so much.